Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of We Ask Watson. My name is Imogen Drummond. I am a Watson's Daily Ambassador, and here with me today, as always, is Peter Watson. Hi, Peter. Hi there. How are you doing? Um, we just uh, Imogen said earlier on uh, about this that there's there's some drilling. There was some drilling that just started <laughs> just outside. Um, so so um, so thank you. I'm, I'm glad you managed to find something away from the drilling. No worries. I'm I'm just I'm sitting in my hallway next to the shoe rack currently. <laughs> so. <laughs> Right. Okay. Desperate times. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. Got to improvise, adapt, overcome. Yep, yep. Uh, as they say. Um, so, okay. So, what, what did um, what do you think? You know, what story caught your eye today? So, the story that caught my eye was that WeWork is in talks to combine with a SPAC um, mm. to list on the market. Mm. So, I thought this was interesting for a couple of reasons. Um, First of all, because it's it's not WeWork's first attempt to do an IPO. They tried to do yeah. this, I think, last year, um, and it just didn't go ahead. I'm not entirely sure why, so maybe we could talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, because SPACs have really come into their own, I guess, um, mm. even since January. I think there's been something like 61 created since the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, which is crazy. So, mm-hmm. so it would be interesting to talk about, like, why WeWork has maybe decided to go potentially with the SPAC route, um, mm. Mm. what sort of a combination it would be. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was an interesting, interesting choice. Fair enough. Um, well, look, I mean, the, basically WeWork um, is a bit of a nightmare. All right. So um, it, 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 it did have this, um, you know, founder, CEO, chairman, whatever. I mean, it, like literally, so this bloke called Adam Newman, and um, he was a bit, I suppose he, he is the Elon Musk of the uh, office rental world, uh, yeah, of the office space world, I guess, in the sense that he was uh, a bit of a character, made billions out of, uh, out of WeWork, um, but came to a very sticky end, um, you know, um, you know, in 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 an attempt um, to do an IPO of of WeWork, so I think that was just that was I think that was at the end of 2019. I think that was, but basically what happened was, so WeWork, um, what it does, the business model is that it takes on the long leases of um, you know city center offices and things and what it does is it then um, sublets those into shorter leases. so it takes on the responsibility of let's say signing on for five years or ten years or something but what it way it makes its money is that it then splits up those units into into individual units um, and then charges you know charges more i will say more you know per per space as it were um to to its tenants but um they get they get the um advantage of only having to do much have much shorter contracts so um you know months rather than years i guess mm-hmm. um but um but anyway the they were doing really well um i i must say i did think um a while ago that it was a bit of a, getting a bit ridiculous because you know it was have you ever been to a WeWork office, by the way? No, I've not actually. You know, no, they're quite. I mean, they're quite uh, quite funky generally. 
Um, I think it's a bit style over substance. Um, and they did have um, this thing where they had uh, a beer on tap um, for uh, for free um, for their for their uh, tenants. I think on the Thursday or Friday, I forgot which one it was. Um, and they and there was a lot of criticism. There was a lot of bro culture going on inappropriate behavior and all sorts of stuff and i just thought god you know if you are a company giving out free beer i just don't think that's a good i i i mean i'm not you know i'm, I'm not averse to 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 beer uh yeah. or alcohol you know but i just think giving it for free to your tenants is a bit i think well anyway but anyway, dignity, so, i guess well yeah isn't it it was all a bit sort of um yeah I, like i said i thought it was a bit style over substance but anyway um SoftBank, the Japanese um, company, which is, you know, does a lot of tech investments, uh, you know, tech and other investments. Um, it put a shed load of money into WeWork, like billions and billions um, in, into we poured money in. And then WeWork then continued to take on more and more properties. Um, and it just got ridiculous, really. The, the, um, and they thought, well, you know, they're going to de- decide to do an IPO. And uh, they, it was. I think it must have been pretty embarrassing because, with an IPO, um, the way it worked, without going too much into it, um, what tends to happen is you announce that you're going to do an IPO. Oh, well, so you decide a price by consulting with um, you know investors and and also analysts and things as well who have financial models of the company. So you come out with a price. You then um, go out to uh, you visit all the investors and you you basically pitch the investors, say, this is why we're doing an IPO. We're going to spend this money on this, that and the other. And the the investors are supposed to go, yeah, that sounds great. Um, And then when the IPO happens, you know, it launches, um, the investors will then buy into it and you know, all things being well, the, uh, you know, the, the share price goes up. That's, that's the theory of it, right? But the problem for um, WeWork is they went around the world and everyone was saying, no, doesn't make sense. Your valuation is too high. And they just kept on, basically, they, everyone said that. And in the end, um, they had to ditch the IPO. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we come into um, oh, and as a result, which a lot of people did not like, um, Adam Newman. I mean, he was one of these people that put, um, you know, basically thought he was untouchable, earned loads of money from it, and basically got a load of his family members into senior board positions. Sounds a bit like Trump, um, <laughs> but um, but anyway, you know, so he was doing that. People, um, shareholders didn't like it. SoftBank eventually said, "Well, we don't like it either." And um, anyway, so he he left um, and, um, you know, in the meantime, you had lots of uh, lots of staff being made redundant, um, you know, proper uh, property reviews. Then you had coronavirus that hit, which is basically kicked them in the uh, shins. <clears throat> yes, in the shins. That's right. Yeah, sh- that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, they've just had an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Um, uh, SoftBank has stuck with it. They've tried to put some money in, um, but you know they've got in a new chief exec and stuff. But I, I have to say, I think that I, you know, if I was an investor, I would not touch this thing with a barge pole. I mean, I think that the the fact that they they failed so miserably last time, and it has, and it's done so badly since then as well, and. 
the prospects don't seem to be particularly great. Yeah. You know, you, you'd have thought if it was really that confident, why does it need to do, go via a SPAC route? Because there are plenty of other um, uh, companies that have listed without, without having to do the, you know, to do the SPAC thing. It's almost, it says to me that it's a, it's, it's not confident enough so it wants someone else to take on the risk yeah um that's what it that's what it looks like to me but i mean i don't you know i don't know but uh and and maybe it could be you never know they might they might just want private funding all along and they're just stringing the spacs along um to pump up the price for you know for the private investors because they can say oh well Look, we've got we've got two others, you know, chasing us. Um, you know, you need to pony up. Uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, this is just pure pure speculation on my part. But I just think that the fact that it's it, it tried and failed um, just over a year ago um, to do an IPO, and now it's trying via the sort of slightly dodgy back route mm-hmm. um, of SPAC. You know, using SPACs. I, I I just think it says that it's just dodgy. Yeah to me and that's the technical phrase that is often used uh in this um, particular instance <laughs> dodgy yeah it looks a bit dodgy <laughs> so do you think this could be a another potential nicola situation because nicola listed via a spac didn't it yeah i mean i don't know because i i think the thing is the thing is with you um i was gonna say youtube the thing is with we work is that um it's a much more of a known quantity i think when when nicola um, came to came to market. It it had not sold a vehicle. Um, it had had relatively unproven technology, uh, you know, and all that sort of thing. So, I mean, it it's it's it was more of an unknown, which is why probably why people brought bought into it um, so much because they just think, oh yeah, believe the hype, yeah, be fine. It's it's something for the future. Yeah. Whereas um, this. Everyone knows who WeWork is. They know that WeWork, um, you know, has done okay in the past, but is in a lot of trouble at the moment because, um, of course, it's wearing these 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 really long um, these lo- these long uh, these long term leases. Yeah. So, you at know, at a time when it, I suppose all... no one is buying into commercial yeah. property at the moment. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that, um, yeah, I think that we, you know, it's an interesting. Uh, it is an interesting concept, but I just, I just don't think. I mean, and it also the other thing is, it looks to me like it may. I wonder whether if they do go via the SPAC route, that um, the invest investors like SoftBank will use it as a way to get out, mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know, because the thing is, you know, if you go via an IPO, it's quite clean, right? Because you've got, um, you know, you say, look, here are the shares in issue and stuff, and then you know, you're publicly traded and then um, SoftBank could probably just ditch a, you know, a whole load. I mean, it won't sell. I would have thought it's not going to sell them directly on the market because that would just absolutely kill the share price. But they probably sell off blocks to different people and, and try and exit that yeah. way. But because because it's floated, you know, it gives it a way yeah. out. So I wonder whether, you know, I wonder whether this is signalling SoftBank trying to get out um, quietly. Yeah. But I don't know. So do you not think that business models like WeWork potentially have a place in the, the future kind of flexible working um, shared office spaces um, climate? I think they do. 
I think they do, but the problem is, is they've expanded very quickly, um, and everyone's in the same boat. You know, they're all chasing the same, they're all chasing, you know, same businesses and things like that. So, um, and the problem is, is there's there's going to be a lot of office space on the market. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that is. Um, that's problematic and I, I i get the i get the impression that they they are particularly you know they've got lots of property yeah. you know so they're quite um, exposed at the moment yeah yeah i mean you know i i always said before that um the uh, company iwg which owns the regis brand for instance um you know it was actually much more profitable than than we work and I remember at the time saying, you know, if I were to invest in something, I'd go for IWG rather than WeWork because they actually make money. But I think that WeWork is going to get really pummeled particularly because it's got, you know, it's 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 not massively profitable. Yeah. And now it's got this problem of having too much, you know, uh, too much stuff, basically. So, yeah. yeah. But there you yeah. go. That was, it's, I think it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting company from a sort of car crash point of view. <laughs> um, but, but uh, yeah, I've, I've always thought, well, oh, style over yeah, substance. Yeah, one to keep place. an eye on, but, maybe. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, Peter, what, what would you like to talk about today? What was your favourite story? Well, I mean, it is a continuation of yesterday um, with regard to this whole um, GameStop, AMC, you know, all the, um, the, all these retail investors getting involved. Um, they were, they got particularly angry because, um, a lot of the, the platforms that they were using to trade these stocks, um, restricted their trading. Um, so, uh, you had like, you know, Robin Hood, um, E-Trade, um, and over here, you had Trading212, eToro, IG, and CMC Markets, all restricting um, the the trading in those stocks that had gone ballistic. Yeah. Um, and I think that some people have painted this in a... And as, as always, everyone wants such stuff in black and white. They want, you know, goodies and baddies, right and wrong, you know, all this kind of thing. So the way a lot of people are pitching this is that it's the David versus Goliath. Yeah. And the David being the, um, you know, the sort of uh, retail day trader and the Goliath being the horrible, nasty um, hedge funds. So I think that um, so, yeah, Elon Musk, he, um, you know, he 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 sort of stoked things a bit by sort of supporting the fact that uh, or appeared to be supporting the fact that, um, you know, the, these retail investors were very hard done by because they had to stop trading, whereas the institutions were allowed to continue trading. Um, and then you've got also um, Alexandria Ocasio or Ocasio Cortez, um, you know, AOC, you know, she's jumping on board as well, um, saying, and I think my impression is, is she tends to uh, defend, defend the little guy. Um, but I just don't, I don't think it's like, and I just don't think it's like that. I, you know, I, so you've got, so Elon Musk, he hates short sellers because short sellers have had it in for him for, for a very long time. And he has taken great pleasure in proving them yeah. wrong. So he's always going to be against them, whatever, whatever. Uh, AOC, not so sure. I, I don't know why, but, you know, um, other people seem to be jumping on board that bandwagon as well. But I, I 
personally am of the opinion that really um, those platforms are doing what the regulators should have done. Because um, I, I again, think that, um, you know, they, they were really, okay, they're out for themselves, okay, they are out for themselves. But I think they are also, there is an element of the fact that they are saving um, investors from them from themselves. Yeah. And I know that sounds really condescending, but, you know, when you read reports of people saying, oh, I bought, I've never traded before, and I got this app and thought it was really easy. I made $50. And so I decided to, I mean, you think loads of people like that are sort of, you know, are getting on there and they, they just want to join in this, this, this thing where they, they're supposedly sticking it to the man and uh, making all these hedge funds lose. It is not that simple, you know, and, and I think that um, regulators need to get on top of this because if they don't, um, you know, this is gonna this is gonna get worse. There's gonna be yeah. more of this. I mean, you you made a very good point earlier, didn't you, about this and saying about what would happen if if uh, if the shoe was on the other foot. Yeah, well, I think what um what it would be interesting to point out is that essentially the retail traders were kind of coming onto these online platforms and deciding together and almost colluding which stocks to target, and they had an outcome. Mm in mind that they were trying to achieve in the first place you know so if if the shoe was on the other foot like you said if it was the big hedge funds that were doing this they would probably be you know (laughs) told off by the regulator and have these sort of restrictions put on anyway because you could argue that it's a sort of market manipulation that's going on it's trading for an ulterior motive it's not trading based on the the value of the stock um no no. so on on the one hand i think that's that's ultimately that's ultimately damaging i think you know to especially to the underlying uh, the underlying company because it's just like you know uh, it just is up and down and it it is nothing it can do about it although i suppose you could argue if we're if we're talking about like principles um it's important Mm. to remember that it is a it is a public market and everyone Mm. sure doesn't maybe think about the fundamentals and trade in the long term quite as much as you would hope but mm. everyone well hopefully is an adult trading on robin hood um there has been mm. a move towards trying to democratize the financial market and create more financial mm. inclusion surely surely mm-hmm. this is it and if that's not what the hedge mm. funds like then what well, mm. it's it's not really there it's like they're the retail traders are playing them at their own game and they don't like it. If you, you could argue. Mm. So I think it's very yeah. nuanced. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that's certainly the, the, the big, um, you know, that is the big criticism. I mean, I would say being <laughs> possibly cynical for the moment, um, if hedge funds did collude on something, they would be far more sophisticated about it and make sure they would make sure that, there would be no emails. There would be no phone yeah. calls, traceable phone calls. There'd be no, none of this. If they did, they'd, they'd be meeting up somewhere um, and having a chat. Um, and, Not having it um, all on the public uh, domain. Well, <laughs> no, no, it's all on the, exactly. It's all on, it's all out there on the public domain. So, I mean, the interesting thing is actually, is if, I suppose if, the, you know, regulators somehow managed to crack down on this, um I, I you know that maybe it could push you know it could push um this 
kind of behavior underground mm. you know so it's a bit like trump using um uh, or, you know uh, trump supporters using um you know twitter and stuff to to get you know to organize themselves and then they were thrown off that and then so they went on to parlor so you know and they continued the same thing on, on there and so i just i just wonder i mean i i do think it is something that um regular regulators need to need to get involved yeah. with um but the problem is you know people will always try and get around rules but if you can make it harder i think it i think it's a good thing because it's not say it's not it's not little guy you know david versus goliath and also the other thing as well is that um a lot you know hedge not all hedge funds but um uh, a lot of hedge funds do run money from Mm -hmm. pension funds so for instance when i was a stockbroker um one of my one of my um you know long only clients was um you know they they had a, a portion of their fund um with with you know a, a few hedge funds because what tends to happen is if you are a sort of limited like you're a you're a local authority pension fund or or something that is really usually pretty staid um you do have the freedom sometimes to allocate some of your um some of your money um to other things and you you might want to have a bit of exposure to hedge funds just for the potential prospect um of them performing yeah. really well which will then make your you know which you can then include in your performance and that will pump up your performance so um so they do that as well so it's not just it's not always just hedge funds money it's it is our money and so you say you're sticking it to the man but you're not you're not necessarily you're sticking it to the man and yourself so (laughs) at the same time um so you know it's it's like you say it is not clear-cut and and uh and i think it's one of those things but anyway um so there you go. I think that's that's all we've got time for today, isn't it? Just about. Um, you've got you've got to get back to uh, got to get back to drilling, <laughs> drilling outside. Uh, <laughs> um, so um, so yeah. So um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, thank you for Imogen for for being there. And um, and yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll you know we'll be back again. Watson's Daily uh, Podcast will be back yep. again. Thanks for having week. me, Peter. It was a real pleasure. No problem. Cool. All right. Thanks. Bye. A lot. See you. Bye.